BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, K is for kink. Why do masochists like pain? And pre-eaten boobies. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Ohio Smart. Don't miss Kinko de Mayo, Ohio Smart's annual weekend event in Cleveland on May 1st and 2nd. KDM 2015 will be an experience unlike any other. More info online at kinkodemayo.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are if you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, just too damn old, we recommend you stop listening right now. Right now. I don't know what ha- Again, well, I tell you, I don't have much of a part in the beginning here. It's just one line. Right. I seem to have screwed it up again two weeks in a row. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Don. I do want to mention to our adult listeners, welcome, and I want to listen, make a quick mention to our under-18 listeners. Uh, we do, every once in a while, we get contacted by someone who is under the age of 18. Here in the United States of America, that's the most common age of uh, where they say, this is the age that you're an adult. Mm-hmm. Not true in all 50 states, but it is the most common. Uh, what we recommend for our under-18 listeners is head over to scarletteen.com, and they have all kinds of wonderful and great advice over there for the under-18 uh, sexuality-exploring crowd. Right. So mm-hmm. we, we tend to focus on adults. Unfortunately, oh, listeners, if you do write us and you're under-18, we've probably not responded, and we will probably continue not to respond. We do rely on um, wonderful uh, things like Scarlet Teen to assist us in mm-hmm. that area. So, indeed. So, I just want to mention that really quickly as I was feeling particularly old. Do you know that I am going to be turning to the age, the golden age of 50 I know. in just a few? And you know how close that is, though? I'm wor- at work, we're trying to bring on a new person. So, we're looking at the schedule. Mm-hmm. And the person who I was talking to last night says, so they'll probably be in by July. I'm like, whoa, let's not go July. We can do it much faster than that. I'm looking at the calendar. It's like, okay, April, oh, May, June. Oh, July. There it is. There's your and there's your birthday and right there, birthday. almost in the center of it. So, oh, you'll represent fifty very well, sir. I, I hope so. so. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting. We were at a poly meeting last night, mm-hmm. uh, a meeting for Poly Columbus, and a group of students came in and gave us a little bit of information uh, from a survey they did. Not the normal Poly Columbus meeting, right. but it was. But anyway. So they had these groups of eight people by uh, age brackets. Uh-huh. And do you remember what our age bracket is? No. Wasn't it like... It was... Like 39 to 55 It or... was 46 to 64. Oh, yeah. They had a reason for that, but that, that lumped me into that as well. <laughs> yes. That lumped you into people. with the, So when we go to a party... And they say, okay, all you young guys go over there. Right. And all you... Old um, fogies go over there. Yeah, and we'll be over hanging out with We're the old fogies We're the old now. fogies. Yes. So now, they said they did the separation like that. It's different than like the census and stuff. They did it based on the age of the kids in the household, more than likely. So at our age, more than likely, our kids are out of the house. Yes. But we're still under retirement age. So that's kind of how they grouped it. But that was that was kind of weird. But I, I, you will represent 50 very well, sir. I, and I am close. 
close on your heels. I hope I do represent 50 well. I hope I don't start forgetting things more so than I do now. It's <laughs> that already bad enough. At 40. <laughs> and there's uh, four minutes into the podcast with nothing that we were going to talk about <laughs> that we just had this conversation about. But it was a really good uh, poly meeting last night. Absolutely. So um, we broke into, well, the OSU students did a little presentation on what they found with some of um, research they've been doing about non-monogamy and then we broke out into groups and we talked about creating um, uh, space for your poly partners and so one group did that one group did um, how to create vacations with poly partners and then a third group said oh you can't decide which one of those two that you want to be in here we'll talk about everything in this group which group were you in did you end up the everything in? Oh, okay Very yeah cool. so um, yeah, because I couldn't make up my mind about the two. And then, you know, everybody socialized later. We went to Bob's Bar at the end. And um, I wonder if Bob's Bar knows that we talk about Bob's Bar on here. I <laughs> 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 talked about that at the end. And- you know, it's funny that the um, sometimes when you and I, and we've been going to the Poly Columbus meeting, I think, for about 13 years it's now. Been, yeah, since the beginning. We've been um, practicing polyamory for that 13, 14 years. Or at least attempting to. Or, well, that's why I said practicing, <laughs> okay. right? If we were practicing medicine, we'd be having a stack of corpses. <laughs> oh, try again. <laughs> I was treating a cold with a buzzsaw there, and I'm not sure what happened. Uh, but it's interesting that sometimes when you've been to going to these things over and over again for 14 years or so, right? The, mm-hmm. the topics come up, you're like, oh, this again. Right. I get it. Google Jealousy, Calendar. communication. Well, see, even sometimes those could be, well, no, you're right. I mean, sometimes it's like, yeah, I've, I've heard this already, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I just tell the same stories I always tell. And it's like, okay. But it was funny that the topics of last night, vacationing with your poly partner and creating space with your poly partner mm-hmm. are very applicable to where we're at in our polyamory right now, mm-hmm. as we can, we share more space um, with Karen than we have in the past. We're actually planning something in August mm-hmm. uh, and June, for that matter. In June, will the four of us or the three of us will be camping together um, for four days or so something at like Twisted that. Trist. Yeah, I'm still thinking August. What the hell are we doing yeah. in August? I don't remember. And <laughs> we're okay. we're still exploring. <laughs> you know, we've explored recently taking Big D to events or things with mm-hmm. us. Um, so it just so happened it was a very interesting topic that I had to leave and go to work for. I know. So there you go. So and it was it was good. Um lots to talk about. People do things differently. So it was good conversation. So actually on our notes today is a question of the day from a listener that asks why do subs like pain? And Don, you're gonna have to help us out with that one because I don't know. Okay. And later we'll be talking about or throughout the podcast I should say, we'll be talking about the letter K is for kink. And we've tried to work out exactly where that conversation is going to go and how it's going to lead into next week. Next week, we're going to talk L, which is for leather, Mm -hmm. and whether we're going to talk about, well, how exactly we're going to shape that up. If you're new to the kink community, there's some basic information you probably want, but we're going to make it personal as well, our own little, what our personal kinks are. Oh, Ooh. I didn't know if you knew that was the podcast topic. I did topic. not know that. I don't know that you knew that was the no, topic until just then. <laughs> changing title of podcast to Dan's a Kinky Old Bastard. And there you go. So, Don, let's start off with that question of the day. Um, I will give you my perspectives of why subs like pain. I don't fucking know. I hate pain. You've tried to be on the bottom once during a, a workshop. How'd that pain go for you? Well, now, I will say I bottomed... Um, in a flogging workshop mm-hmm. at 
Woof, trains camp out. Yes. And that was an experience. It was not bad. It was and an it, experience. And it wasn't about flogging. It was more about the ritualistic part of it. It kind of had like a woo flavor mm-hmm. to it. And it so, really wasn't painful. Right. It was thuddy. Uh, I will say, though, that my... Uh, I watched your back get red. <laughs> but it wasn't... It did not strike... It did not. I do not recall it as a painful okay. thing, right? Now, I will say, uh, when I had, I had surgery done once, and they put a catheter in my penis hole, <laughs> and taking out the catheter, or putting in the catheter into my penis hole, that was painful. Uh, I, have, I would... So, again, and that was heavily sedated. Right. So, I am reminded again that I don't like... Pain. pain. So, well, there's a difference between like surgery pain and play pain. So, as well. So, well, I start with that. Is there? Yeah, there absolutely is. Surgery pain for me. I I like play pain, which is I've never called it that before, but I guess that's how I'm defining it today. Um, so, I love play pain, but surgery pain or fall and bust my kneecap pain or anything like that. No, not into it. And um, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, when I tear a fingernail, oh my God, I'm not sitting there going, oh, yeah, I need to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, oh, fuck, what the fuck did I do? Um, and I, part of it for me is um, flat out chemicals, pain, pain, surgery pain, fall, bust my kneecap pain. To me, that's adrenaline and I'm not an adrenaline junkie. So it's, 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 an, it's a, a chemical. Whereas with play pain, it's endorphins. And to hmm. me, those are two totally different things. So, um, so that's, that's one of them. Um, so surgery pain and stuff like that. Oh God, no, I don't look forward to that at all. Knock my ass out on Percocet and wake me up in a week, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is literally what we do sometimes. Yes. Knock me out, wake me up when it's over. Um, whereas play pain, I really enjoy that. Um, I, and the only thing that I can think of is, if I had to describe it, is because of the focus that's involved. You know, there's focus, there's being in the present moment, there's being under someone's hands, there's, you know, it's just a whole different experience, and it absolutely brings on the endorphins. So now if there's fear involved with it, it'll also bring on some of the adrenaline, which I don't particularly like, but if it's mixed with the endorphins, then, then I'm usually good to go. So, because you do like some fear play, mixed I do in like there. some fear play in there. Um, so, but it can't be all. It can't be all about the fear. Right. So, like I said, that's the adrenaline. So, um, so the reason that you like pain in this case, we're talking about play pain, is mm-hmm. because it releases endorphins. That's part of it. That is absolutely part of it. Um, and my body likes endorphins. They're they're pleasurable, but I also like. To me, pain has a couple of things going on. I like, usually with play pain, there's someone else involved, right? So to me, that's intimacy. For me to feel the pain and to feel those emotions can be intimate with the partner. Now, now <clears throat> Yeah, I'm thinking because sometimes I do pick up play and is the pain as good with pickup play? That's rare I do pick up play. Huh. I don't know. Because I like the pain where I can sink into it. And I can only do that with someone I trust. So maybe that's why I watch somebody for a couple of years before I ask them to play. So because I want to feel the pain, but I have to be able to trust them. And 
the pain kind of makes me sink into myself. I actually see pain as a very spiritual experience. But certainly a lot of people, a lot of submissives don't. A lot of submissives are more than happy true. to do uh, pickup play and do 10 in a row. That's true. Um, if you, if a stranger grabbed my hair through, or, you know, someone that I just knew slightly mm-hmm. grabbed my hair, threw me over a bench and gave me 10 whacks with a cane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not probably not going to be into it. So it's not that sort of pain. But that if I somebody, want. if the same stranger mm-hmm. was sitting in a class of ours. Right. And after the class came up and said, Hey, would you be interested in playing? Mm-hmm. And the dungeon just happens to be opening in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you felt like, yeah, I do feel like playing. And they said, okay, uh, how about if I grab you by the hair and throw you over a bench and cane the crap out of you? Mm-hmm. So that would be... That would probably be okay. And I don't know what the difference is, except one is... Well, I'm going to throw the word... Con- consensual is the wrong word to use in there. But, you know, one is kind of thought about first mm-hmm. and then done, which means I can drop my walls. Mm. And feel the pain. Oh, so see, that's pretty interesting to me. Medical pain or uh, non-play pain. Right. Surgery pain or uh, being attacked pain. Right. Is invasive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's invasive. So the walls are up. So you're kind of like not wanting it sort of thing. Whereas play pain, if I can drop my walls and pain will do that for me pain. If someone strikes me with a single tail, I'm right there in the moment. How can you not be right there in the moment? So my walls are down. So a lot of it seems to be that ability to mentally switch. I am being attacked to, Mm -hmm. I am not being attacked. Yes. So I can accept it versus I should uh, be, have an adverse reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Oh, psychology. Yeah. And the adverse reaction to me. And, you know, if there's anybody else out there that knows chemicals and body chemicals better than me, please speak up. Because this is just what I've kind of come up with in my head is that, you know, if it's an attack or something like that, it's the fight or flight, which is the adrenaline. So whereas if it's, oh, yeah, I think I would like to try that, you Mm -hmm. know, and then your body kind of goes through the process of dropping walls and things like that so that you can be there. To me, that just releases the more pleasurable, even though it's still pain. You know, that's really interesting because that is in line with why I don't like pain. Yeah. Because I always process pain as an attack. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe an attack is a challenging word, but I'm going to go with it, right? Right. That there's, you know, if I am feeling pain, it's because something bad is happening. Right. So I should respond. Right. Something to the something bad, not accept it. That's really interesting. That makes me want to try getting spanked mm-hmm. and try putting on the mindset of... of To see if you can do the submission, switch. Submission, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah, play with that word a little bit because it's Uh it's not just that. It's also literally about uh, dropping your walls and trusting that you're not being attacked and then seeing what it feels like. But that is submitting to the experience. That's not being a submissive. That is true. That is submitting to the experience. So, hmm. I think we should run this by um, Kevin and Katie. Kevin, as you know, uh, is a psycho. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread that. Psychiatrist. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, they will be doing the keynote at the mm-hmm. Power Exchange Summit. So, because they, I don't know how many keynotes they've done in the past, so maybe in the middle of their keynote, we should pop up and say, oh, by the way, I want to ask you about this thing we were talking about this other day. So, hmm. If you want to attend Power Exchange Summit, then you absolutely can. You can head over there 
to the powerexchangesummit.org and get your tickets. We are 66% sold out at this point, and right. we're still on the early bird tickets. So as you can see, people are flocking to the events. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you go out to the Power Exchange Summit FitLife group, I've just added five different links of people's experience going to the last four years or three years of Power Exchange Summit. Mm-hmm. This is our fourth year coming up. And... Um, See for yourself how people, if it would be an event that you would enjoy. Absolutely. So early bird tickets go off sale. You've only got until April 20th. So, And I did have someone ask me recently, so, well, can I wait to get my ticket? And I'm not sure, you know, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you can wait, but we always sell out. And that's because we cap this event. So... Um, the tickets will sell out, so I recommend getting the early bird price. So everybody has a great time. We look forward to it. we got casino night, more casino tables being built. So the theme's going to be the Roaring Twenties, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. We did have that conversation about how the casino is going to work. Um, and the casino is something, it's just for fun. There's no real money exchange, Man, but chips. it's a great way to socially interact with each other, mm-hmm. as well as you can, if somebody brings you a glass of water you can tip them with a chip right uh, a lot of inter- fun interactions but um our um pit boss yes. mr t wants to take some more of our casino space for a poker style tournament and mm-hmm. i don't really know a lot about poker tournaments so we're going to find out if people will find that popular or not i think they will the first year we did poker they, they the um <laughs> most of the men did that and the women went to the dance so yes. now we have casino night so everybody can participate yeah <laughs> uh and of course the casino is just one small part of the oh, event it's, it's primarily about the classes being surrounded by power exchange people and your power exchange peers should be a as normal, a fantastic time. So, Don, it looks like we have some new tentacle links. The first off, 705 sent two links that my spam folder got to before me. So it was sitting there for a while. And maybe our spam folder was doing us a favor because that first one, which was kind of this nightmare octopus jumping out of the water, uh, a literal, now this is literal, a octopus jumped out of the water, grabbed oh. a crab, and, and the two fought, and the octopus pulled it into the water and finished killing it. That's scary. That is scary. That was not erotic at all, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, of course, he also said that he would have sent uh, food on boobs, but uh, he always eats it before he gets a picture for me. Aww. I'm not sure if that means he's eating the boobs or the food. Either way, <laughs> I don't get pictures of foods on boobs. <laughs> I assumed it was the food until you said it might be the boobs. <laughs> Um, Sasquatch from the UK sent me a link of a glass tentacle dildo, Ooh. and like I told told them, my birthday is coming up soon, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then Barrick sent me um, an anime video, and it was an anime video, and the the girls all wrapped up in tentacles and stretched tight, and you know, really being used by the tentacles, and and but the the sound, the sound was very high pitched. And and that wasn't so erotic. So once I turned the sound off, yes, it, it was, was much it was, better. It was very much. Once you turned the sound on, it was <laughs> right, right, <laughs> even higher pitch than that. Actually, it's like oh god, that hurts. So and then Ohio Hedgehog sent me a link to a uh, latex dress mm-hmm. that um, reminds me of Ursula 
from the Little Mermaid. Yep. So it's like a latex dress, and then it's got the the tentacles on the bottom of it. That's part of the dress. So like a print, a tentacle print, and it's uh, red and black. And he said he thought that I would rock that dress. I, I'm I'm not so sure. I've lost that much weight, but latex would definitely hold it in, huh? I I totally agree that you would uh, rock that dress personally. Aww. So we have some kink to talk about. Uh, first, we should mention. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by KJ Canes, home of the original designer, Glow in the Dark, and Light Up Canes. It's where art and pleasure come together to suit your unique style. They have the biggest selection of canes on the net. And it's more than just canes. Check out the great selection of hand-poured, low-tent paraffin and soy wax candles, as well as all the basics such as gags, collars, fetish jewelry, nipple clamps, whips, floggers, paddles, vibes, and more. EA listeners get 10% off of orders of $25 or more with the discount code DANANDON15 at KJKanes.com. Go buy some shit. Buy some shit. So, uh, Dawn, we got to talk about kink really quickly, though. We do have two subscribers to the newsletter. We do. We have Chris from British Columbia, Canada. And Cheshire Cat from here in the Ohio. So, quite the international cast of people listening to the, or watching, or subscribing to the newsletter. <laughs> exactly. So, and hopefully I will have that out soon. You know, today, tomorrow, Wednesday is tax day. So I have a couple of few little things left to do, and then I can get focused back on newsletters. Wait, wait, what? Is it I, not tax day? Did I miss no, it? No, no, I was just I hope I it. didn't miss it. No, no. I, that's scary. I didn't miss it, did I? <laughs> no, you did not miss it. Tax day is here and ready for us. So luckily I don't have to wait in line. I just have to stamp it and drop it. <laughs> so what is it exactly when we say we're going to talk about kink that we are going to actually talk about? Well, I wasn't so sure. I just knew that, um, you know, I wanted to talk about maybe what it was, what it included, maybe how we got into it. So or... let's start at the beginning then. What is kink? Was that stuff we saw in Fifty Shades of Grey, was that just a reflection of kink? I don't think so. I'm Well, was it a good reflection of kink? That's a different question. That is a different question. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. Was it a reflection of power exchange? No. Was it a reflection of kink on his part, maybe? So, I mean, obviously he was kinky. There were certain things that he liked that are not of the mainstream. You know, certain things that turned him on sexually. So, um, yeah, there was a kink element to it. Not like our life. I mean, I feel like our life is, you know, at least my thoughts have a lot to do with kink. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot about kink. I think a lot about fetishes. I think a lot about what turns me on that's not straight sex. So is kink simply things that turn you on that are not standard normal sex? I think so. So, I mean, fetish would be different. Fetish is where, like, there's mm. something specific that really turns you on, yes. right? So whether uh, for some people it would be shoe sniffing. For some people it would be electricity. For some people it's, I don't know, it, Whatever you can think of, I'm sure there's a fetish for. But uh, kink, I think, is just the naughty stuff that turns you on that's not straight sex. I mean, and it can be a mindset. I mean, even a blowjob can be kinky. It depends how you do it. So Now, we know, and we're not, obviously, our disclaimer, we're not either psychologists, doctors, or writers of dictionaries. (laughs) But when you say so... uh, I don't disagree with you, by the way, but you take a, a thing like people that buy used panties on the internet. Right. Kink or fetish? 
Oh, I think there's different levels. So I think it can be kinky, but man, if that is really what you need to turn you on, Mm -hmm. to me, that's a fetish. And it's not to say that kinks or fetishes are good or bad. Uh -uh. It's just a matter of this is how we're delineating them. For me, the fetish is more, it's the psychological aspect of it as is equal to what the actual object of the fetish is. Um, Where kink it's really interesting. So let's not even worry about the distinction between the two. Yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking, what would my fetish be if I had a fetish? And not everybody in the kink community has a fetish, I don't think. So what is my fetish? Power exchange. I think so. I think yeah. it is absolutely power exchange is my fetish. That's what turns me on. It's how I like to live. It's what empowers me. But power exchange even if it's something that is in the moment between me and another person for a scene, and that's it. Mm-hmm. If there's power exchange, I'm going to be turned on. So what do you think, what do you do, what was the last kinky thing that you did? The last kinky thing I did? Uh, wow. My brain is thinking taxes. Um, wow. I know. And it's that like, is not so kinky at no, all. No, so I can't get beyond the taxes to think the kink. Maybe me and you, <laughs> sorry. That's actually pretty, pretty prophetic sounding. So, but uh, maybe me and you with the canes? Absolutely. That was that was pretty kinky. Is that mm-hmm. the most recent thing I've done? See, and that's I think a, but that's so. a great example of that, right? Mm-hmm. We had, um, we didn't just have the intercourse, but we had the spreader bar hooked up to your legs so that I could lift your legs, mm-hmm. which turned it from sex to kink. Right. In my mind, right? Right. And it wasn't just because... Well, part of it was that the spreader bar allowed me a different access, but the whole thing about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with the punching, the you know things that we, that we do like that. So to me, all of that is kink. It's mm-hmm. all out of the realm of straight intercourse. So how often do you enjoy straight intercourse? Um, I actually don't know the last time I've had straight intercourse. <laughs> I think there's occasions where we are tired. We don't, I don't know. I do like punching it's your pussy as right, foreplay. Right, right. Right, so it's challenging to say that that's, that is, that to me is not straight intercourse. That it includes that level of kink because just as the foreplay, either I'm just pushing you down mm-hmm. and eating you out, right? It, mm-hmm. Depending on how you look at it, you can say, well, that's just straight sex. Oral. No, there's a different intent behind Absolutely. it. <laughs> so is that the key? That, well, no, no. I think that just happens to be the intent of that particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that a lot of it, anytime perhaps for us, anytime that you involve toys or tools, be it anything from canes to dildos to the floggers. Hands. Teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes there's intent behind hands and teeth. I mean, if you're grabbing a handful of pussy lips to bring some pain Mm -hmm. before fucking, to me, that's kink. Is kink then painful? Is kink always painful? Not always. Right. Mm -mm, I don't think so. So, I mean, uh, rope is kink. It's not always painful. Sometimes it's sensual. So sometimes this stuff is sensual. Sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, um, Sometimes it's soft. Sometimes it's... You know, wax can be soft. Electric, well, no, forget electric. <laughs> That's not usually soft. No. Um, though there was stuff that you did at the demo at the um, Sexapalooza. There was stuff that you did with electric at the demo that wouldn't be considered 
um, painful oh, or yeah, yeah. things like that. But it was definitely kinky. Made their eyes wide. They'd never seen anything like that before. So, um, you know, everything we we did there, even the sensual spanking, you know, anything like that. Part of me wants to say that part of the definition of kink is freedom. And in that, I mean a freedom to express yourself sexually. And if I think about um, what I did with the electric, right, whether mm-hmm. it caused pain or didn't cause pain wasn't the definer of kink. It was the you're doing something interesting and exciting and courageous or mm-hmm. that is, like you keep saying, out of the realm of what normal people do. Right. So... So that whole long thing, I think, is what I would define kink as. So, and it's still hard. I mean, I is it like porn? You know it when you see it. Yeah, and you know maybe that. You feel it. You know, maybe that's that's what it was. Did you? Is that quote from Daredevil? I'm not sure. No, it's older than that, isn't it? It is older than that, but that was the last <laughs> time I think I've heard that. Okay. Um, we've been obviously with the rest of the geeky uh crowd <laughs> that has watchers. netflix we're uh, not binging on daredevil but we're going through it at a good we pace we are going through it at a good pace so um, so when i look around it on the wall behind you mm-hmm. we have a paddle and a which is clearly kink right right and the dragon's tongues and the whips oh i was hoping the green was was there i think the green one's no long the green gone. one's gone so um we, yeah we've got floggers, How about the collar single tail Collar, I think collar is is kinky. So there's an element of power exchange to that, and I think See, power I exchange think is of, kinky. I don't think power exchange is kinky. Really? I mean, I no, I don't. I, I have okay. again. If if we were saying that fetish and power exchange, or I'm sorry, fetish and kink are two different things. Okay. I would say power exchange isn't its own third thing, but I guess it is kink as well. Um, be- yeah, I don't know. That's you know? a challenge. I see. I would. I, would it is. I guess I would have to de- stick power exchange more in a fetish category than a kink category kink. for myself. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's and that's power exchange uh, when we think of power exchange from a bedroom perspective. Right. You know, from a foundational living your life perspective, then it's just then it's, it's just its life. Own thing. Yeah. yeah. So that Hitachi is that a kink? It depends how it's used. I think because I don't know that masturbation is a kink. And the Hitachi would be used for masturbation. Mm-hmm. But if you used it, or the way you use it on me, that's kinky. Mm-hmm. So, Especially when I turn it off right as you get close. <laughs> Indeed. What about that tentacle dildo back there? Kinky. Yeah, and that's one where definitely <laughs> you would fetish-y. say it's not a... Yeah, yeah, you can go fetishy for some people. <laughs> but it certainly doesn't... Like, you could say the Hitachi... And the glass dildo are something that normal or non-kink people mm-hmm. use, right? Mm-hmm. But the tentacle-shaped dildo, I think you're right. moving into now I'm kinky. I'm using a tentacle-shaped dildo. Right, right. Um, and I think even if it's something like if you're a um, – you're, even if your dildo is a, a you know just a plain old dildo mm-hmm. – and, or if you fetishize that dildo to look at it and say, hey, this particular dildo is – a tentacle, or it's black, right. right? And you fetishize that aspect of it as a racial thing, or right. it's huge, or it's small, right? However, you, when you bring that element to it, it goes from just 
vanilla masturbation to more of a kink. Mm-hmm. Buy I that? Agree. I buy okay. that. I buy that. But you know what's funny is uh, you were looking behind me that I can barely see unless I turn around. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at what else. We have a lot of kinky shit in this room. I mean, even <laughs> our pictures. Those claws on your mm. fingers from that picture that's on our book. Mm-hmm. I mean, the claws, definitely kinky. I mean, that is energetic pokey it's just it brings awareness to the body in ways that you know just regular sex doesn't we've got this girl over here from our second book with the blindfold and the handcuffs and the you know naked exposed while she's sitting there and so we've got all kinds of naughty stuff in here so i i think and by the way if you're a craft person and you want to make some money Go look at our book, Living MS. Look at the cover. You'll see a picture of me holding the or using these claws. Mm-hmm. Um, go but we can't find anywhere else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so actually got those from Hot Topics. And they just don't carry them anymore. Now right. everybody's got finger armor or banjo picks. Yes. There's nothing that's the quality in between. So, but absolutely to me, all of that is kinky. And um, it's, it's kind of neat because... I can read about kink and get turned on. Mm -hmm. So I don't even have to experience it. You know, I don't have to be in the moment of physically experiencing it for it to turn me on. I can read about it. I can think about it. I can listen to it. You know, nothing like hearing whip strikes while someone's moaning. To me, just being able to hear that stuff is kinky. Mm -hmm. Just being in an environment where I can listen to it is kinky or watching it. Right. So now I, it just struck me. It's like, or be in a swing club and have people watch me. That's kinky. But oh, yeah. is going to a swing club kinky? Yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, kink doesn't have to be BDSM. So right. there's a good, good example of that. Swing okay. clubs are kink. That's kinky when you go to a swing club. You're doing the non-normative, even though... Even if it's straight sex? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because it's the environment you're putting... Well. If, I suppose you could make an argument that I went, no, you can't. Even if you go to a swing club for straight sex right. with your monogamous partner, right? it is the very act of the fact that you're going to a swing club. Now, granted, I will say there are some logistical reasons you could go where it wouldn't be kinky. Uh-huh. And you and I used to go to the swing club for non it wasn't non kink sex. It but was non hookup, though. Yeah. But yeah. we left the door open and the chain up or the chain down. Sometimes. Or or and yep, sometimes we were behind closed doors. Sometimes we were out on the public bed, but kind of made it obvious we didn't want people to join us. We mm-hmm. just wanted to be out there and be watched. And um, yeah, I think all of that's kinky. And so even yeah, because they're putting themselves in an environment where they can watch porn around other people, where they can okay, watching porn with your monogamous partner, kinky or not? I don't think so man that's borderline i'm not sure i would go no for that one watching porn with a bunch of guys not not uh a bunch of hetero guys watching porn together like a stag party yes man is that even comfortable uh it's not (laughs) it's never comfortable i hear about girls doing it you know drinking wine and and you know watching porn and i wouldn't even think that's That's how many porn start actually with a bunch of girls (laughs) sitting together watching drinking wine wine. (laughs) um no i would not call that kinky because in that environment where mm-hmm. you're watching porn with a bunch of other het guys, yeah. you've actually raising your shields. Oh, some, yeah, yeah. You know, um, watching a bunch of porn with a bunch of guys where suddenly hands and clothes start coming off, that That's would be kinky. kinky. <laughs> nice. Um, so, 
Wow, this See, makes me okay, want to... group sex. Group sex? Yeah, I would find group sex, sex kinky. Right. Yeah. Just because it's not normative. Right. Okay, I'll buy that. So, How yeah. about two girls together, then? Mm, um, wow. I don't know, but my eyes just glazed over. So, so I, mean, I would <laughs> say it depends on the girls. If it's the two girls are together, they're, they're identified as lesbians, and that's mm-hmm. their natural state. Right. Not kinky. Right. If it's two het girls... That just want to get all wacky and try mm-hmm. something wild and maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. If it involves strap ons, maybe, maybe not. Again, so. you could just be exploring. Right. Versus. Right. And it's, but it's the same with two guys, you know? Right. It, Absolutely. Could, it may or may not be. So a lot of it has to do with intent, even though you, you may not know that you have the intent. You know? Sometimes yeah. you're just exploring. So this one's. Huh. I don't know. Thinking of two girls just (laughs) glazed me over. I'm like, how can I make this happen? So if you are a non-kink person now that wants to get involved in kink, how would you recommend that they start? With themselves or with a partner? With themselves. With themselves? Yeah. Because I think it's two different things. I mean, with yourself... I would start changing my mindset. I would start allowing the kinky mindset to come out yeah. and play. See, I, I wouldn't say letting, changing my mindset uh, as much, yeah, but I like your term of letting. Yeah, letting it come out and play. I mean, if you're, if, if you're by yourself and you're masturbating, you're self-pleasuring, there's a way of doing that to just do it or to add in kinky elements. I mean, shit, when I was married before and he wasn't interested in that at all, Man, I had my own set of clothespins, my own set of nylons that I would Mm -hmm. tie myself up with. I had all kinds of stuff like that. that, That's how I let my kink out, so to turn me on. I did more. um, I watched the porn that I liked that was kinky. Mm -hmm. I talked to people that were kinky. I read stuff that was kinky and turned me on. So, yeah, just became okay with that and let that part of me out. A little bit more. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that and you can absolutely use sites like Literotica or PornTube just to look around mm-hmm. and see what turns you on. You know, mm-hmm. the first thing you have to do is give yourself permission to say, look, I'm not a freak. I'm not broken. Right. There's nothing wrong with me. And, and if you ever worry about that, well, you're listening to our podcast, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but so are a million, two million other people. Yeah. Right. Two million people have downloaded this podcast. So if you are a freak, you're not in bad company. Exactly. Um, I mean, there's weekend events every single weekend just in this country. That's not counting other countries. Sure. sure. So, I mean, it, we're all getting our freak on. And So I, I don't know <laughs> that I would start with an event per se, but no. starting off by giving yourself permission to say, I'm not broken. I'm not just some deviant. Um, and then checking out, like I said, check out Literotica and see what, as, as Barak and Sheba say, see what makes you hot, wet and horny. Mm-hmm. Um, and be, and just sit with that. Right. And if you find out that reading porn about, um, someone who's getting off by sniffing shoes turns you on, don't judge it one way or the other, sit with it mm-hmm. and say, well, that's interesting. And look at yourself and just, just observe what's turning you on. Um, it, we would get into a different podcast altogether when you go into the next phase of meeting somebody right. to interact with. Right. Um, anything else to say about kink? No. Are you kinky? I am one kinky motherfucker. <laughs> I married the right person. Yes. I'm actually um, <laughs> Thank goodness. about three months going to get a shirt that says 50 and kinky. Nice. So there you I go. I like that. 
Um, I do want to mention, if you're kinky, then you can join us as well as some other cool people at... Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's Kinky Fun Group. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. Well, you missed the app part, the tie-in. Oh. The big unconference is coming up. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. in just a couple of weekends here in April. Head over to adventuresinsexuality.org. You and I will be running just for fun. Oh, right. Because it's the unconference. You're allowed to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So we're going to run the meet and or the um, yeah the meet and greet. Right. And uh, we're going to do it by giving away uh, a couple. Uh, about a hundred or maybe more Kickstarter cards. Really? Yeah. Oh my! So a lot of people are going to be having the Kickstarter card. So how do you start your kinky life? Well, and it's uh, it's funny actually. If we go backward for just a moment, um, head over to eroticawakening.com/slash/kickstarter, mm-hmm. and that's a great. Uh, you know, that is a different show. I don't want to go into this other show, but another a way to get started with a partner mm-hmm. is bust out a deck of Kickstarters, share it with your partner, and see what you both can right. find that middle ground. Right. right, and find out what you both get a little smile off mm-hmm. of some of the same cards, and that'll give you the freedom and the, the courage to go on from there. I like that idea. We both stopped talking. Is that the end of the show? I think it is. <laughs> you can rate us on iTunes, tweet about us, lick us on Facebook, or you could tell your friends. Indeed. So, and if you have any more comments about kink or um, anything related to it, you can write us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Dan and Dawn. Or find us on FetLife at Erotic Awakening, two words. And then if you go to that group, you will see us as owners, and that's how to find our fet names. Other ways to contact us as well as where as well as where we will be presenting, as such as in London, Ontario is next. Actually, Past podcast episodes. Next. Oh, uh, all kinds of places to start with. Oh, Ohio, Ontario. <laughs> Link to the newsletter and other stuff can be found at eroticawakening.com. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, (laughs) the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish for Play Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with party immediately following. You can also catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at Porter's Pub in Columbus, Ohio, the fourth Friday of every month. And the Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Man, they're busy. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the room at the Columbus Insight Center. Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, all.